seemed turned on its head. Was that a compost pile in the middle of his bedroom or laundry? Andrew seemed trapped somewhere between childhood and adulthood, still in the grip of confusing emotions and impulsive behavior, but physically and intellectually, more man than boy. He was experimenting with his identity, and the most basic element of his identity was his appearance. As his mother and a neurologist, I thought I knew everything there was to know about what was going on inside my teenager's head. Clearly, I did not. I certainly didn't know what was going on outside his head either. So as a mother and a scientist, I decided I needed to, I had to, find out. Professionally, I was primarily studying the brains of babies at that time and running a research lab largely devoted to epilepsy and brain development. I was also doing translational neuroscience, which means simply trying to create new treatments for brain disorders. Suddenly, however, I had a new scientific experiment and project, my son's. My younger son, Will, was just two years Andrew's junior. What would I be in for when Will reached the same age as his older brother? There was so much I didn't get. I had watched Andrew almost overnight morph into a different being. Yet I knew deep inside he was still the same wonderful, kind, bright kid he'd always been. So what happened? To figure it out, I decided to delve into the world of research on this somewhat foreign species in my household called the teenager, and use that knowledge to help me and my sons navigate their way more smoothly into adulthood. The teen brain has been a relatively neglected area of study until just the past decade. Most research dollars in neurology and neuropsychology are spent on infant and child development, from learning disabilities to early enrichment therapy, or at the other end of the spectrum, on diseases of the elderly brain, especially Alzheimer's. Up until just a few years ago, the neuroscience of the adolescent brain was underfunded, under-researched, and obviously not well understood. Scientists believed, incorrectly as it turned out, that brain growth was pretty much complete by the time a child started kindergarten. This is why, for the past two decades, parents of infants and toddlers trying to get a jump on their children's education have inundated their kids with learning tools and accessories, like baby Einstein DVDs and baby Mozart discovery kits. But the adolescent brain? Most people thought it was pretty much like an adult's, only with fewer miles on it. The problem with this assumption is that it was wrong, very wrong. There are other misconceptions and myths about the teenage brain and teenage behavior that are now so ingrained they are accepted societal beliefs. Teens are impulsive and emotional because of surging hormones. Teens are rebellious and oppositional because they want to be difficult and different. And if teenagers occasionally drink too much alcohol without their parents' consent, well, their brains are resilient, so they'll certainly rebound without suffering any permanent effects. Another assumption is that the die is cast at puberty. Whatever your IQ or apparent talents may be, a math or science type versus a language arts type, you stay that way for the rest of your life. Again, all wrong. The teen brain is at a very special point in development. As this book will reveal, I learned that there are unique vulnerabilities of this age window, but there is also the ability to harness exceptional strengths that fade as we enter into adulthood. 
The more I studied the emerging scientific literature on adolescence, the more I understood how mistaken it was to look at the teenage brain through the prism of adult neurobiology. Functioning, wiring, capacity, all are different in adolescence, I learned. I was also aware that this new science of the teenage brain wasn't reaching most parents, or at least wasn't reaching parents who don't have a background in neuroscience as I did. And this was just the audience who needed to know about this new science of the adolescent brain. Parents and guardians and educators who are just as perplexed, frustrated, and maddened by the teenagers in their care as I was. When my younger son, Will, was 16, he passed his driver's test. He'd rarely given me cause to worry, but that changed early one morning. A few weeks after getting his license, he had started to drive himself to school in our 1994 Dodge Intrepid.